dan 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 Oh, Lordy, Lordy, Lordy. All right. Oh, Jesus, the camera's all sideways. Get that thing, get get that, get that thing normal. Hold on. Man. Gotta get that there. How's that? Is that better? All right. All right. The Rob Zakari Show, we are live. Don't forget, you can... Listen to us if you don't want to uh, see us on the old uh, YouTube and on the old uh, Periscope. You can find us on iHeartRadio. We are live right now. You can go to iHeartRadio. You can go to Spreaker. You can go to uh, Blog Talk, uh, Facebook, all all those places. So go there right now. Welcome, welcome, welcome. So who, who last night watched The Purge? Who, who last night watched The Purge? Because I couldn't take my eyes off The Purge last night. It was, it was about uh, five hours, I think. About five hours. It might have been six. I went to the store. I went to the store. And came back, and the purge was still on. It was amazing. It was amazing. And I know CNN and MSNBC and Democrats and liberals, progressives, I know they all were losing their minds last night. See, they flirt with the Black Lives Matter. I mean, they they embrace them, but they flirt with the riots and the unrest because it works for the Democrats to divide. It's the only way they can win elections. So they walk this line. They, they walk this thin line, but they know when they're showing hours and hours of the purge because very rarely is it a peaceful protest. Okay. Very rarely. Now they'll tell you it's a peaceful protest. They'll tell you that it's only a few agitators. They'll tell you that, but they know that it's not. They know there is no peaceful agitators. And the more they show that footage, the more people who normally would have sympathy have some, what do they like to say, empathy of the situation, lose that. When they're seeing reporters get beaten up, 
when they see um, cameramen almost being lit on fire. So when this happens, that flirtation, that 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 uh, that walking, uh, that line gets extremely blurred, and they start to get burned. Now, we haven't seen a purge in a while. Remember, when this happened in Milwaukee a few weeks ago, the media didn't cover it. The media didn't cover it. They've been trying to tamp down those images because remember Trump's whole thing is law and order and especially when you have these situations going on in areas that are controlled by Democrats remember Charlotte has a black police chief the department is known for diversity the mayor is a democrat and a woman it's everything liberal america wants it's everything the media wants and here's the city looking like the purge here's the city looking like the purge can't have that it destroys the narrative. It destroys the narrative. So when all of this was going on in Milwaukee, burning gas stations, they didn't cover it. Well, they did cover it, but it but it was very, very sparse. Very sparse. And even before Milwaukee, whatever riot was right before that, it was a um, tamped-down coverage. It was a tamped-down coverage. Still covered, but there was some purge stuff going on. So the media said, hey, man, th- th- this is not good. This is, this is, this is backfiring. On our narratives. It's hard. To get people. On our side. When you see CBS. Being lit on fire. Or Rite Aid being lit on fire. Or people screaming. Death to cops. Or cops being shot. So when everything happened last night, they had no choice because it was the purge. And the only thing they could do is say, a few bad agitators, a few bad agitators. 
otherwise a very peaceful protest. Peaceful protest. Peaceful protest. You call running into a hotel and beating up valets? See, a lot of the footage that was the most shocking, you didn't see on CNN. You didn't see on MSNBC. You didn't see on the news because they knew if everyday folk saw this footage, they would be repelled. Okay? But if you go on Twitter, you go online, type in, Footage from the riots, go to Breitbart, you will see video that will horrify you, literally horrify you. And it's so ironic at how the media, how the left treats This whole Black Lives Matter situation. And Trump, his rallies, and his supporters. Because as far as the media is concerned, as far as Hillary Clinton is concerned, as far as the Washington Post is concerned, Donald Trump's supporters are Nazis. Donald Trump supporters are members of the Ku Klux Klan. They talk about a little green frog, Pepe. Pepe is the root of all evil. He has the heart of a black soul. He's demonic. If you believe in reincarnation, Pepe the Frog is Hitler. Hitler has come back as Pepe the Frog. So you have tens of millions of people, tens of millions of people that support Donald Trump, that support the Republican nominee. Because you could either be a Democrat or you can be a Republican. You're either voting for Hillary Clinton or you're not voting for Hillary Clinton. Two choices. And because individuals like uh, Olivia Nunzo from the Daily Beast or Hades Gold from Politico, because they're able to go to a rally and out of 10,000 people find Two, three, four, five, ten, fifteen, twenty people. Hell, how about a hundred people? Find a hundred people wearing a Confederate flag hat and instantly say that represents the Ku Klux Klan, that represents slavery, and those hundred people represent the ten thousand that are here. For Donald Trump. And in turn, that is reported 
And everywhere you look, whether it's the Washington Post, New York Times, online, internet, Yahoo, those 100 people represent the Republican Party and Donald Trump, along with Pepe the Frog. But yet, you watch five hours of Charlotte descending in to the movie The Purge. And you see hundreds, hundreds of people throwing bottles, breaking windows, going into a store, grabbing a cash register, throwing it on the ground, breaking open the cash box, and watching, I kid you not, some of the most disturbing, and it's disturbing in a way, Because you have to think to yourself, there's a city that's controlled by Democrats. Here's a country that's controlled by Democrats. A black president. And here are 30, 35, maybe 40 individuals. Descending on a cash box from a register, going after forty or fifty dollars, sixty dollars. This just to watch these fifty or sixty people, and they're pushing each other and punching each other at the most. Fifty or sixty dollars. And yet for four, five, six hours, all you hear on television is a few agitators. This is not uh Black Lives Matter. This is just a few agitators. This was a peaceful protest. This is just a few agitators. Few agitators. That's the narrative. That's the narrative. A few agitators. Just a few agitators. Punching reporters. Just a few agitators. Remember, a 75-year-old man threw a forearm protester who was raising his hands, giving the middle finger, telling the crowd at a Trump rally to F themselves. And that 75-year-old man became the face, along with, of course, Pepe the Frog, of tens of millions of Trump supporters who were racists and Nazis and fascists. And part of the Ku Klux Klan. 
a 75-year-old man who threw a forearm shiver. And every day, around the clock, we were told, those are Trump supporters. These are the people that support Trump. This is the bucket of This is the basket of deplorables. And yet, hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of people last night were breaking windows, beating up reporters, Beating up each other. How's that? How's that? They beat up each other. Somebody's in a coma right now. Beating up each other. One of the most amazing things I saw. Beating up each other. We're all going to be united. We're all going to protest. We're going to, we're going to march because we have a right to protest. We have a peaceful, here we go. We're going to, hey, let's beat up each other. Let's shoot each other. And again, and again, this is all under Democrat rule. This is all Democrat rule. It's all under Democrat rule. This isn't the first year into the Obama administration where we can all still talk about Bush and talk about 9-11 and talk about the economy. We're almost eight years in. Eight years in. The Democrats have everything they could ever want. The major cities in this country are controlled by Democrats. L.A., Democrat. Chicago, Democrat. Charlotte, Democrat. The list goes on. The list goes on. All Democrats. And what have the Democrats done? What have the Democrats done? What have the Democrats done except inflame the situation to the point to where we are today? Listen, I get it. All you liberals want to blame Trump. I, I get it. It's, I get it. But the reality is he's only been running for president for a year. Actually, a year and a half. And for the first, I don't know, eight months, he was a joke. He was a laughing stock. All of these problems have been going on two years ago, three years ago, 
four years ago, five years ago, six years ago, seven years ago. They've been going on. They've been going on. New? Oh, this is because of Donald Trump. Really? This is because of Donald Trump? Really? This is Donald... This, this is this, All of this that's going on is because of Donald Trump. Really? Really? Are, are, are you all that ignorant? Is everybody on the left that ignorant? This is all because of Donald Trump. Democrats have the utopia that they want. This is the utopia that they want. They've got everything they want. Get everything. And soon they might have Hillary Clinton. You think it's going to change? You think it's going to change? If it hasn't changed with the first black president, how is it going to change with a dying 70-year-old white woman? If my liberal friends could tell me, how is it going to change? If the first black president, you know, Mr. Hip, Hanging out with Jay-Z and Beyonce for Labor Day. You know, being on the cover of Essence. If the situation in the black community has gotten worse under Barack Hussein Obama's rule, my black friends, How do you think life's going to be under Hillary Clinton? How do you think life's going to be under Hillary Clinton? How do you think life's going to be? Look at Chicago. Rahm Emanuel. Rahm Emanuel. He worked for Obama. He worked for the Clintons. You can't get any more connected to Obama and Clinton than Rahm Emanuel. And while you had a shooting of an unarmed black man in Chicago, while that happened, Rahm Emanuel was in Cuba, and this was after everybody found out that the footage and the situation was being covered up, but yet Rahm Emanuel is still the mayor. 
He's still the mayor. Rahm Emanuel is still the mayor. Black people have been duped. They've been suckered by the Democrats for years and years and years. They get beaten down. They get beaten up. And then they're told, it's not us. It's not us. But you're in charge. Ah, it's not us. Not you? Nope. Okay. Who, who is it? Well, it's the Republicans. But they're not in charge. They're, you've been our mayor. No. Nope. They, they, it's like they, they, it's like they hypnotize them. Hypnotize them. You get Obama out there saying, "I find it a personal insult if you don't get out there and vote. Get out there, Hillary. It's a personal insult unless you vote for old." Hillary Clinton Personal insult If you don't vote For old Sick Hillary Clinton You want to know what's a personal insult That you go from the first Black president To an old sick White lady About Cory Booker Cory Booker. Everybody likes Cory Booker. What happened to Cory Booker? Old, sick, white lady. And I don't even know what the hell Tim Kaine is. It's like Mr. Rogers on steroids. Hi. I mean, he's going to be the president. You, You all know that. You all know that. You know he's going to be the president. If Hillary Clinton wins, she's not going to serve a full term. I'm not even talking about two terms. She's not going to serve four years. She'll be 74 years old. 74 years old. She can't even campaign for more than two days. Without taking a rest. She gags and coughs. Like she has tuberculosis. She loses consciousness on a regular basis. This coming from her own husband. You know, the guy that's still running around schlonging chicks. Her own husband goes, yeah, yeah, you know, yeah, it happens, you know, it happens, it happens. She's not gonna serve four years. Are you kidding? Sure, Tim Kaine's the vice president, but he ain't gonna be running the country. This could be Bill Clinton. 
Tim Kaine will walk out on stage and be like, hi, we have to come together. But it's going to be Bill Clinton that's running the show. You ever see that movie Dave? Tim Kaine's going to be Dave. Bill's going to be the one running the show. He's going to be like, Tim, you need to go for about an hour. I got someone coming to meet me. I got someone that's, uh, I got a special meeting right now. Let me get my box of cigars. All right, Tim. Tim, you got to go. Yeah, but Bill, I'm the president. All right, Tim, F off. Get out of here. Get out of here. I might be 70, but I'll kick your ass. Get out of here. But, but I'm, no, there's no but, but. Get out of here. Or I'm going to take one of these cigars, and I'm going to pretend you're Monica. Now get out of here. All right. Just hit me up when you're done. Okay. Bye. It's all going to go down again tonight. It's all going to go down again tonight. They shouldn't. Right? Shouldn't because it's only a few. It's only, it's only a few. Just a, it's just a few. It's just a few agitators. A few agitators. Few agitators, but Trump is filled with Nazis. The basket of deplorables. Get of deplorables. Last week, Dana Milbank. This liberal douche. This liberal douche. Writes a column for the Washington Post. I should say the the Jeff Bezos Post. The Jeff Bezos Post. I still like how people somehow try to paint the Washington Post as still the Watergate paper. Hasn't been the Watergate paper in a very long time. Okay? It's owned by Amazon. Enough's enough. But Dana Milbank writes an article that says Hillary Clinton is right. Half the people that vote for Donald Trump are racist, misogynist, xenophobic. Then, of course, some half-ass poll that's conducted where it asks people some type of race question, and in turn, because the question was not answered in a way that affirms 
peace and love and kumbaya amongst all people, they are in turn labeled racist. And of course, because in some weird world, when you pull a thousand people or two thousand people, that somehow makes up a 25 million person electorate. I don't know how we have evolved with polls into sampling 999 people and then saying, well, that means out of those 999 people, 600 responded that they believe the moon landing was fake. So in turn, 60% of Americans believe the moon landing was How did you get to that number? There's 300 million people that live in the United States. We took a poll. Well, how many people were in the poll? 999. Well, how the hell does that represent 300 million? Well, because the way we do polls, because we are geniuses and we have Nate Silver. And he taught us. Oh, okay. Now, you don't see anybody on the right conducting polls in a similar fashion. Because I guarantee you, I guarantee you, you could take a poll of Black Lives Matter supporters, And give them racial questions. You could just go out and do a poll with all minority groups. Ask them racial questions. And I guarantee you, you will get a similar outcome to where you could say the majority of Black Lives Matters don't trust white people, don't like white people, have a problem with white people. I guarantee you. Guarantee you. But you won't see that. You won't see it. You only see Dana Milbank go on CNN, MSNBC, CBS, NBC, ABC to back up Hillary Clinton, to back up the liberal that's running for the presidency. So in turn, thirty million people that support Donald Trump 
are racists. And that's the narrative. But when it comes to Charlotte and all the other places where riots have occurred and buildings have been burnt down, it's just a few agitators, a few bad apples. That's not Black Lives Matter. What we all saw last night were agitators, were, were, were the violent cretins that come out late at night and when Black Lives Matter peaceful protesters leave. And there's nothing you could do about it. That's what they were saying last night. That's what they're saying on CNN. That's what Don Lemon. That's what Don Lemon was saying last night. And his awesome team of knowledgeable geniuses like Bakari Sellers. To watch Bakari Sellers say, our hearts go out. To all the innocent people that were assaulted and there is no tolerance for violence and looting and rioting and we can't let that be a distraction from the bigger picture we can't let a few of these these bad people these 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 agitators we we, we can't let that over shadow all of the good and hard-working protesters that are trying to bring about change. Imagine, imagine if you heard that in the media as it pertains to Trump and Trump supporters and the few that the Daily Beast, Olivia Nunzio, or Hades Gold, love to profile. Imagine. Imagine. People saying, hey, we can't let a few of these Trump supporters who are obviously, obviously agitators, can't let a few of them overshadow the good of these tens of thousands of people that are here to listen to Donald Trump's message. We just can't. Of course you're not going to hear that. Of course you're not going to hear that. Hell, we said it before Donald Trump said it. If the media was in the tank for Donald Trump, 
the election would be over. If the media was in the tank for Donald Trump's message, the election would be over. Imagine if the media did to Hillary Clinton what they did to John McCain. I know we touched on this a few days ago, and I'm not a big supporter by any means of McCain or his daughter, Megan. But she had an extremely valid point. If her father had done what Hillary Clinton had done, it'd be over. There were weeks and weeks of nonstop media coverage of John McCain's health to the point where the guy had to have a press conference with his doctors. He had to release a thousand pages of his medical history. The media completely played along with the whole pneumonia. She didn't lose consciousness, she stumbled, stumbled, are you kidding me, if the media legitimately, legitimately covered Donald Trump like they cover Hillary Clinton, Or Hillary Clinton, like Donald Trump, or John McCain, or Mitt Romney, it'd be over. It'd be over. It would be over. Give you a quick example, not to get off uh, the Charlotte situation. You know what? I, I actually, I'm going to wrap this into a uh, different bit. Want to talk about Don King, but we'll we'll put that into a different bit. But Charlotte is going to descend into chaos. Again, tonight. Again, tonight. And you will hear more and more explanations as to why There's only a few bad people, a few 
agitators that are ruining an otherwise peaceful, happy-go-lucky movement. It's amazing. All right. We're going to take a quick break. When we come back, we'll uh, tackle a couple more things. Strawberry Show. We're going to build that wall and make it 10 feet higher. Yeah. Uh. Build the wall, it just got 10 feet higher. Build the wall, it just got 10 feet strong. Build the wall, it just got 10 feet higher. And build and build and build and just build the wall. Side by side with me, 
Make America great again Break the chains Let's meet this year On the Trump train And we are going to be respected by the world again and not laughed at like we're all a bunch of stupid people being led by incompetent politicians. It's not going to go on any longer. Are you, are you coming to a train to take our great country back again? Join a revolution, break the chains, let's meet this year. On a Trump train. We're going to win at the borders. We're going to win. And we're going to keep winning. And we are going to make America great again. Greater than ever before. Gentlemen, it's the it's the Rob Zakari show. I am your host, Rob Zakari. 
Don't forget, you can follow us on uh, Twitter. You can follow us on uh, Facebook. You can follow us on, uh, uh, I don't know, Periscope, YouTube. uh, What else? You can listen to us on um, radio and now iHeartRadio. So if you have the iHeartRadio app, you can go on to uh, iHeartRadio, type in the Rob Zakari Show, and you can um, listen to us. So go to iHeartRadio. Oh, man, we were just talking about the whole North Carolina situation. You know, I wanted to add something. Well, I, mean, I can't even, you don't have to imagine. Think about all the times that uh, Trump has um, said something that you have to really be looking or have a, a, a effed up thought process to think what he said in the terms of um, violence or, or, or killing somebody. I'll give me an example. When he has talked about uh, the Second Amendment, he said, see what would happen if Hillary Clinton's security team had their guns taken away instantly. You hear, oh, he's calling for her assassination. He's calling for her death. He's inflaming people. He's a. a I'm not saying I'm a Harvard grad. I'm not saying that I'm a Princeton cum laude <laughs> or, or a rude scholar. But I didn't get out of Trump talking about security detail taking away getting their guns taken away as being let's kill Hillary Clinton I I, I didn't I didn't I didn't take that from his statement I mean it's a common statement that gun enthusiasts say to gun activists, especially celebrities. When you hear unhealthy Amy Schumer and the rest of them screaming about guns, and yet they all have bodyguards who have guns, and guard gates, they have all protection one could ask for. But yet, they want to take that protection away from average folk. I mean, that's what I got from it. It was, yeah, see what would happen. Not see what would happen. They'll, they'll, Hillary Clinton will be murdered. That's not <laughs> what I got out of it. But where I'm going with it 
is the same somehow was Donald Trump inflaming a situation and you know adding fuel to the fire over something that you know you had to be a really warped or just partisan I hate Trump I'm Samantha my mission in life is to go after Trump to be I guess John Stewart Hillary Clinton goes on television and starts screaming about North Carolina. Talking about another police shooting. This has to stop. This can't be tolerated anymore. And then last night, the city is the purge. And not one person said, you know, Hillary Clinton inflamed the situation. Hillary Clinton's out there screaming and yelling. We don't know all the facts. I mean, you got to admit. You got to admit. It's incredibly bizarre to watch everybody on the left tiptoe around Islam and Muslims and terrorism. A bomb goes off in New York City. Pressure cooker, cell phones hooked up, pipe bombs while Marines are having a parade. I mean, things that are just over-the-top obvious. And the left tiptoes. Oh, you can't say it's it's terrorism. You can't say it's a bomb. Can't rush to judgment. Can't judge a billion people. You can't. But when it comes to cops, Hillary Clinton and the left can't run out in front of those microphones, in front of the cameras. They can't run out there fast enough to condemn the cops, scream that it's unacceptable, and they don't know any of the facts. I mean, man, it's bizarre. It's bizarre. It's bizarre. Okay? It's bizarre. But I just wanted to add that into the <laughs> into the mix. Just wanted to add that into the mix. And we'll probably go back to the North Carolina uh, situation. But I wanted to talk about, and I've been meaning to do it for the last few days. Now, I've on more than one occasion talked about Seth Meyers before. On more than one occasion, I've talked about Stephen Colbert before. 
I've talked about these people before in the context of the media, the culture, and everything in between is controlled by liberals. And I've had people kind of scoff at me. I've even had my own dad, who's a liberal at heart, scoff at me, kind of give me that, I don't, I don't know what you mean. I, you, know, you mean everything's liberal, everything's a Democrat. Well, I mean, he's 79 years old, but... <laughs> and I've often pointed to not just CNN, ABC... Things of that nature when we say the media, because you have to include Seth Myers, you have to include Colbert. I've often said the liberal takeover, the left's takeover, is deeper than just Poppy Harlow on CNN. It's deeper than Wolf Blitzer. It's about the programs that are on television. It's about late night TV, about Saturday Night Live. It's about going into an airport and waiting for five hours to get your connecting flight and watching CNN. It's being in a doctor's office and having the New York Times or the Washington Post in front of you. Watching television shows that are skewed to the liberal side. And should somebody veer outside that liberal bubble, that liberal sphere, they are condemned. They are not one of us. They are not one of us. So I didn't think much of Fallon's Trump interview. It was a funny interview. It was entertaining. It was Jimmy Fallon. It was Jimmy Fallon. Why is Jimmy Fallon the number one late night show on television because Jimmy Fallon doesn't alienate half his audience because Jimmy Fallon knows that he must still have a career he must still have a show he must still pay the bills long 
after the presidential race. And the great late-night talk shows, the hosts that had been around for 20, 30, 40 years, gone on in the annals of history, knew the formula, And the formula was, have a few jokes against the left, have a few jokes against the right. But I'm an entertainer. This is a variety show. This is a talk show. I'm not a social justice warrior. I'm not an activist. If I wanted to be an activist, if I wanted to be a social justice warrior, I would quit what I'm doing, and I would be a social justice warrior. I would be an activist. I would go out there and work in the communities and try to bring about change. Johnny Carson, David Letterman, Jay Leno, Jack Parr, Sullivan. They all knew the formula. They all knew the formula. It's very simple. In a more simplistic explanation. You're with your friend. Your friend's having girlfriend problems, boyfriend problems. They're complaining about their boyfriend. They're complaining about their girlfriend, and you get involved in the complaining. You pile on. You get involved. And after days, maybe weeks, hell, maybe months, they get back together. They work through their issues. Who's the odd man or woman out? You. You are now on the outside. That's why educated, intelligent, smart individuals don't put themselves in that situation. If their friend asks them advice, their friend asks them an opinion, they give it, but they give it in a way that is not inflammatory, 
harsh because they know they'll eventually make up. You'll be the one that's looked at as the scum because you stuck your nose into a situation that eventually got worked out. And it's the same thing with this late night stuff. Jimmy Fallon is number one. Stephen Colbert is last. Besides the fact that Stephen Colbert sucks. Besides that. Besides that. Half the people that would watch late night television will not watch him. Because he is a liberal hack. He is a liberal hack. And you know that if you put on Colbert, he's going to spend half his show calling Trump a Nazi. Going after Republicans. Calling them enablers of Nazis. So in turn, the only people that will watch that show are bleeding heart liberals. And long after the presidential race is over, Colbert will never, ever get those people that he turned off. And Colbert knows his ratings suck. Seth Meyers knows his ratings suck. Samantha B knows her rate. Well, she's on TBS. Okay? Just because a bunch of liberal douchebags in the media that are part of the Daily Beast or Vox or Vice... Just because some of them love you and think you're the greatest thing since sliced bread doesn't mean you're successful. All these people want impaling to alienate half of his audience. So that all can have an even playing field. And Fallon's just not that stupid. Listen, when he first took over that show, when he first took over that show, I was convinced he would fail. I was convinced. Convinced he would fail. But he proved me wrong. I was the first one to go on this show and say, wow, Fallon, he proved me wrong. He was pretty successful. He's pretty good. It's actually funny. 
the stuff that he gets celebrities to do is pretty funny. <laughs> now, Kim, to a lesser extent, he's not as merciful. or I should say unmerciful, against Trump and the Republicans. And that's why he's in place. But it's wild to listen to the Samantha Bees and the Colbert's and different people like them who are constantly bitching and moaning, saying the media doesn't fact check, and and the and the and the the media doesn't hold his feet to the fire, and the who are they talking about? Who are they talking about? When Seth Meyers is screaming at the camera, hey, Donald Trump, F you. And Samantha B saying, F you. And Stephen Colbert is going, F you. Who are we talking about? I get upset at Lester Holt because he asked Hillary Clinton questions about her server. And when it came to Donald Trump, he didn't kick Trump in his balls. I get it. Jimmy Fallon didn't kick Trump in his balls. Turned on CNN or MSNBC or, uh, you know, ABC. I've never not turned on one of those shows, whether it's Don Lemon, Anderson Cooper, And had them not engaged in bashing Donald Trump, no, what Samantha B. and Gobert and Seth Meyers are talking about. And when somebody brings up Corey Luminowski, and the fact that he's still getting severance pay from Donald Trump to CNN, and that's a conflict of interest, but yet Paul Begala running the Hillary Clinton super PAC and being part of CNN is not a conflict of interest? I mean, it's amazing how all of this is ignored. And it just goes to my whole argument that when you want to talk about Nazism and you want to talk about running a police state, it's the Democrats, it's the liberals, it's the left that are engaged 
in this type of thing. It's the media. It's the Samantha Bees. I mean, if you listen to Samantha Bee, if you listen to Stephen Colbert, if you listen to Seth Meyers, their their entire stance is everyone should be against Donald Trump. And if you're not against Donald Trump, they will shame you. And you're not a good person. You're not one of them. I mean, that's amazing. If you don't think like them, if you don't act like them, if you don't do what they do, you are wrong. You're an outsider. You need to have a letter stamped on your chest. Numbers stamped on your arm. That's what it's like. That's what it's like. The reality. And say outlandish, and I consider bringing up Corey Lubadowski as outlandish because they fail to acknowledge Paul Begala. What do you think, Paul Begala goes on CNN for free? You think Paul Begala does election night coverage? You know, the primaries? The conventions, you think he's there until 3 o'clock in the morning for free? Are you kidding me? None of those people do anything they do for free. None of them work as pundits for free. They're all paid. Conflict of interest? You don't think it's a conflict of interest that Jorge Ramos's daughter works for Hillary Clinton's campaign? I guess the man B doesn't talk about that. I guess Seth Meyers doesn't talk about that. Anytime Trump does an interview, anytime Trump has a speech... Anytime there's a Trump sighting, it then goes to a panel that consists of a four to two pro v against Trump. So you have the left side, which is three pro Clinton anti-Trump people, plus the person who's doing the show, which is anti-Trump. Anderson Cooper is anti-Trump. Don Lemon is anti-Trump. And then on the right, you have Kellyanne McAfee, 
and Jeffrey Lord. So you basically have four people against, if Trump says something like, I want to give poor kids uh, free bologna sandwiches for the rest of their life, whatever, something nice, something, uh, I I, want to give a puppy to every, you know, (laughs) little girl, little boy in the world, I I don't know, I want to bring in every five-year-old Syrian refugee and put them up in the Trump Towers and give them free college education. That panel will go after Trump and twist it in a way that paints him as the Antichrist. So this fake outrage by the Samantha Bees and the Stephen Colbert's and Seth Meyers is insane. And that's why, mark my words, Stephen Colbert will not be around next year. Mark today on the calendar cuz we're going to play this video. We're going to we're going to we're going to play this audio come January. Okay? Come January. We are going to play this video. Today's what? The 22nd? Today's the 22nd? Whatever today is. Mark this on the calendar. And we will play this video back. We will play this audio back. Stephen Colbert will be gone come January. After the election is over, he will be gone. Mark my words. You don't survive in late-night television, in third place. You don't survive in late-night television when you lose half your audience. The only reason they're keeping Colbert now is to keep liberals and the left energized So they go out and vote for Hillary Clinton and not Donald Trump. That's it. That is the only reason. If two million people are watching him, that's two million people that the left hopes will stay energized to go out and vote for Hillary Clinton. Because at the end of the day, This election is going to come down to about two to four million votes. The country is pretty much divided 50-50. Country is pretty much divided 50-50. And if you have 
two million people watching Colbert, if you got a million people watching Myers, if you got a million people watching Samantha B. Granted, a lot of these people will overlap. But if at an aggregate total, you have two and a half million people, you want to keep them engaged. Because if the election is about four million, you're talking about more than half of that number being engaged and being excited because Seth Myers is going F U explanation point. And Colbert is saying F U exclamation. I mean they're they're all using the same joke. F U explanation point. F U explanation point. And then Samantha B is just F U. Using the same joke. It's like when CNN and MSNBC and CBS and NBC and ABC all go, Donald Trump and his speech was dark. And then you hear that word on every single network, dark. And Hillary Clinton stumbled and was wobbly. And you hear that on every single network. Not that she lost consciousness, not that she fainted, not that she passed out and had to be dragged into a van and she lost her shoe. No, she stumbled and was wobbly. And now it's going on in late night. It's exactly what I said. Variety shows that are all leftists, Hollywood, leftists, the entertainment they make, leftists. And that's why the really, really smart actors, the really, really smart performers don't get into politics. Because they know their movies need to open with a hundred million dollar gross. And if you piss off X amount of not going to hit your gross. That's why the really smart celebrities if they want to be active it's about uh, dirty, poopy water. Or even to a lesser extent, global warming. Because they know the most they'll get their balls busted about flying their private jets and polluting the environment with jet fuel. And they figure, ah, we could take that. But the really smart ones don't get involved in the political game because they know at the end of the day when all the dust settles and no one gives a crap about politics they know they can't survive on half an audience Because they alienated the other half. 
Just facts. Just facts. It's the Rob Zakari Show. We're going to take a quick, quick break. And when we come back, I want to talk about uh, the Don King. I want to talk about Don King and uh, Stop and Frisk. Don King, Stop and Frisk, and the word Negro. Somehow Don King. (laughs) I didn't know Don King wasn't black. I didn't know that. Because the media is acting like Don King is... uh, Matthew Broderick, <laughs> and he just did a speech. He, they're acting like Don King is Mel Gibson. That's all I'm going to say. So Rob Zakari Show will be right back after. Uh, well, we have a special song. It's I call it in the soundboard the Trump Mexican song. So be right back. If you want to listen, listen to the Trump Mexican song. You, 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 you. This is gonna be you. Donald Trump is gonna make us great again. It's gonna be you. Huge like a dino, big like an elephant. It's gonna be you. This is gonna be grande. It's gonna be you. The jobs are coming, the jobs are coming, they're coming. It's gonna be you. It's just the big one. Gonna be grande.
The C-SPAN networks bring you long-form public affairs programming from the nation's capital and are a public service of your television provider. C-SPAN, created by cable. I have no further questions. I yield back. The, um, Mr. Uh, Director, we are about at the end. I'm going to do a concluding statement, and then I think the chairman will. I, I want to, first of all, I want to go back to something uh, that Miss um, Watson Coleman said a little earlier. As an African-American man in this country, 66 years old, moving towards the twilight of my life, we cannot allow black men to begin to be, continue to be slaughtered. This morning I woke up to my wife literally crying, watching the tape of this guy, Anton Sterling. She looked at, she looked at the one for Philandro Castle in, near Minneapolis. And I hope you watch them. There's something wrong with this picture. And don't get me wrong, I am all for, I've supported police, I am a lawyer, and I know how important police are, and I know there's so many great folks. But, Mr. Director, if you do nothing else in your 2,000-plus days left, I, you have got to help us get a hold of this issue. It is so painful. Um, I can't even begin to tell you. And so I don't want... I've been fortunate in my life. I've been very fortunate that I have not been harmed by the police, but I've been stopped 50 million times. Um, now, with regard to this hearing, I want to thank you again. All right, we're back. Jesus. Camera makes me... The, the, periscope, the periscope camera, I think, makes me look uh, fatter than I am. I don't know, it bothers me. <laughs> it just bothers me. All right, so... Um, it's Rob Scary Show. We're back. Uh, those of you uh, who are uh, listening to us uh, on... Oh, God, I I always got to do the wrong. Okay, Spreaker, you can follow us at Spreaker. You can follow us at um, uh, Blog Talk Radio. You can get us at uh, uh, iHeartRadio. If you go to iHeartRadio, you can listen to the program. If you go to uh, Facebook, we're on uh, Periscope. Uh, we just started the whole Periscope thing about a week ago or a week and a half ago, and we're still trying to perfect it, we're still – there's, you know, the hashtagging. I I don't know. And I know next week when we start the new time, um, we're going to be on the, the whole Facebook Live. I was talking to somebody about that. And I was like, I think it will work. And they're like, man, if you could, if you could Facebook Live your boyfriend being shot. <laughs> I'm not laughing about that. The, I'm just laughing about filming someone being shot. Kind of didn't hear. You haven't really heard much more of that, have you? But anyways, uh, I digress. 
So uh, you could get us on Periscope next week. You'd be able to get us on Facebook Live and all that good stuff. And don't forget, next week we are switching times. We will be broadcasting at uh, 7 p.m. West Coast time. That's Pacific time, right? And that's called Pacific PCT time. And then, of course, that will be uh, 10 o'clock East Coast time. So 7 Pacific, 10 East, and you'll be able to check out the Rob Zuccari show. Yes, we are moving the time because uh, I've been missing shows and we've been being late in the morning and basically um, acting unprofessional, I guess you could say. I've had people say very unprofessional. So I don't want to be unprofessional, but uh, I have a child on the way and we have a lot of things that uh, are going on that happen during the day. Doctor's appointments are during the day. Uh, A lot of things are during the day. Uh, I have to do things that uh, my girlfriend normally would do, but she doesn't do not because she doesn't want to do them, but because she's pregnant and uh, just it is what it is. Okay. So, Let's so that's it. There's there there's the story. Uh, next week we'll be starting at 7 p.m. and Facebook and new sets and all sorts of stuff. So we're just kind of like playing out the rest of the week. We're kind of like a a a team that already locked up the playoffs. We we've already locked up the playoffs. We're resting our players, getting through this week, and next week we'll start the the uh, the championship uh, championship rounds. Okay. So there was outrage yesterday, or the day before, whatever day Don King spoke, there was outrage. Hell, Anna Navarro, you know, you guys know Anna Navarro. Anna Navarro from CNN, horrible person, a horrible person, horrible, horrible, horrible person. He talk like this, you know. And she always has these stupid jokes. Just she's just she's just bad. Not because she talk like this. Not because she's lived in the United States for X amount of years and still has just a over-the-top accent. I mean, my my brother-in-law came to the United States from Italy, the same age of Anna Navarro. If you talk to him, he doesn't sound like, uh, you know, Giuseppe Guido from... uh, You couldn't, you can't tell that he's from Sicily. So, so she was very upset about Don King. The fact that Don King used the word Negro while he was introducing Donald Trump at a church. Very upset. Now, I'm sitting here thinking, does she not know that Don King is black? Does she not know that in the black world, black folk are allowed to use any word they want at describing other black folk? Like, that's the rule, okay? In the black handbook, because there is a black handbook, we don't have the black handbook. Every once in a while, black folk let us see the black handbook. Every once in a while, they'll open it up and they'll show us and they'll go, look, 
Rule 38. And then they close it. They're like, but you can't have the black handbook. And you only know about the black handbook, the, the rule book, when you break the rules. It's wild. You don't know about the rules, the handbook, the etiquette until you break the rules. Until you violate the code of the black handbook. And then you're told, hey, say that. You can't do that. That's reserved for us. Rule 6, Chapter 9, Bylaw 17. So in that rule book, in that black handbook, it's explicitly clear that black folk can say ever they want about other black folk. They can use any term to describe black folk. End of story, period. And for people to be outraged is just another example of the liberal media and this wild, and I mean wild, double standard that they hold the left and the right to and then pretend that they don't. Rather, it's Anna Navarro who was outraged or it was people from the Daily Beast or people from New York Times who said the first time a presidential candidate was introduced to anybody by an individual using not just the word Negro, but also the N-word. Shocking. 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 And I'm thinking, wait a minute. This is shocking? This is the first time? Well, how about a sitting president? How about a sitting president? Did everybody seem to forget Larry Whitmore calling Obama his N? You remember that? You remember that? Called him his N. Do you remember that? It wasn't too much outrage. There wasn't too much shock. I didn't hear the Daily Beast. I didn't hear Politico. I didn't hear Vox. I didn't hear BuzzFeed. I didn't hear MSNBC. I didn't hear too many people being outraged. I didn't hear Anna Navarro. That's the president of the United States, sitting president. being told by another black man 
You did it, my nig. Say, say. Did it, my nig. Not going to use the full word. Because in the handbook, I'm not allowed to. Even when describing a situation, I can only say, nig. The handbook says you have to act like you're six years old when describing that word. But also in the handbook, depending on where you are, a concert or something of that nature, if you're singing with the crowd, you're allowed to say it. So if I am at a Jay-Z and Kanye West concert, okay, and I paid my $300 for a ticket, and the song N in in, in Paris comes on, I'm allowed to sing that with the crowd. I'm allowed to do that. That that's a, that that rule stipulates it. Now, once I leave that concert and the music's not playing and I'm still like pumped up, I can't be walking down the street saying it and singing that song. Can't do that. Uh-uh. But I can do it in the concert. With the other folk. So the outrage. That Don King. Said these words. If you're poor. You're a poor Negro. I would use the N word. But if you're rich. You're a rich Negro. If you are intelligent. Intellectual. You are. An intellectual Negro. If you're dancing and sliding and gliding, N-word. I mean, Negro. You're a dancing and sliding and gliding Negro. You're going to be a Negro till you die. How's that? that and then T.I. and this is what I mean and then T.I. see the media didn't really report on this and then T.I. wrote and when you're a spineless soul selling coon you're a spineless soul selling coon negro you old Steven off Django Uncle Ruckus in real life. Hate the skin you in. Poor excuse for a black man. Willie Lynch endorsing ass coon. Just look at how those rich, privileged white men laughing in satisfaction at you. Because you're so lost in your own selfishness that you're driven at this fragile state that the nation's in. Sell your own people out. You're an effing disgrace to all the generations of black people, young and old. Your family and 
friends and ancestors should be ashamed to claim your stupid ass. Now I see why Mike Tyson, Floyd Mayweather, Muhammad Ali, all your fighters ran your ass out of boxing. We as people deserve better. P.I. Word. There you go. There you go. There you go. Remember, if you're black, you are not supposed to support anybody. I mean, look how angry T.I. is at Don King. Look how angry T.I. is. I mean, that's some harsh words. You think T.I.'s that angry at Obama? You think T.I.'s that angry at the mayors that run these countries? You think T.I.'s mad? Eric Holder, the former attorney general, T.I.'s mad at Don King. Don King. Don King. The venom from T.I.'s mouth over Don King. As if Don King has been in charge of this country for seven and a half years. It's amazing. Obama gets the pass of a lifetime. I mean, he really does. And I've seen another leftist reporter say, oh, that's great. Donald Trump having a convicted murderer introduce him. A convicted murderer. Convicted murderer. Hmm. Don King, who in 1966 got into a fight. Basically, what happened to Don King in 1966 is what's happening in the black community today. He got into a fight in 1966 with a colleague. That colleague died. Don King served a few years and eventually was pardoned. He was pardoned. He was pardoned for that crime. And one of the reporters on the left called Don or called uh, Don King a murderer and was shocked that Donald Trump would have him introduce him at an event. There's no shock that Obama 
was friends with a domestic terrorist. Somebody who took part in bombing federal buildings. It's not a big deal. But somehow Don King is a murderer. That's what the left does. They, they throw these things out there. So you read that, and the low-information voter goes, oh, my God, what do you mean he's a murderer? And then if you actually do a little fact-checking and read the circumstances, you go, ah, that's, man, that's playing with the facts very loosely. That's a little misleading. It's just like when the left says uh, that the terrorist in New York is an American citizen. He's an American citizen. All this talk about refugees and, and, and uh, foreign, he's an American citizen. He's American citizen. Mm, yeah, but you're playing with words. He's naturalized. He's an immigrant. He became a citizen just 11, 12, 13, 14, what, five years ago. He wasn't born here. Stop. You're trying to make it sound like his name's Bob Smith, and he was born in a hospital in Atlanta, Georgia, to uh, Kelly and Peter Smith. Not the case. Just like Don King, the murderer. A little more to that story. A little bit more to that story, my friends. They're outraged. T.I.'s outraged. They're all outraged. So quick. So quick. Black folk, man, they turn on their own quick. They turn on their own quick. Turn on their own quick. If you don't lock step, if you don't lock step with everything that the black community wants or talks about, I mean, I can't, I can't believe, I can't believe they give Dr. Dre a pass. Seriously, I, I can't believe they give Dr. Dre a pass. Here, here's a guy that, that, I mean, everything that is Dr. Dre is Jimmy Lavine or Jimmy Lavine or Iveen or whatever his name is. I mean, everything Dr. Dre is is about the white man. I mean, look at Eminem. Can't get whiter than Eminem. Dr. Dre built Eminem. He's a white boy. He's a white boy. All the people that Dr. Dre works with, nobody is bigger than Eminem. He's a white boy. Build up some brothers. Build some brothers up. 
quick they turn on their own. Quick they turn on their own. And T.I. is a little misinformed. Mike Tyson, he didn't, he didn't run Don King out of boxing. Muhammad Ali didn't run Don King out of boxing. Floyd Mayweather, I mean, <laughs> talk about ran Don King out of boxing. Don King got and his fighters got old. But Muhammad Ali was done with boxing. And Don King was still making millions and millions and millions of dollars. So, I don't know. T.I.'s a little misinformed there. A little misinformed. And say what you want about Don King, some of the most historic and legendary fights and fighters, and even the game itself wouldn't be where it is today without Don King. And it just shows you again. How the black community treats one of their own because one of their own somehow goes outside of whatever circle they say you're supposed to be in. And in turn, trash a legacy that was built on hard knocks. Again, you could say, oh, well, Don King cheated this fighter and Don King. Listen, at the end of the day, everybody made money. Fighters who would never have made money made money. Got fame, fortune that they never would have gotten without Don King. And here's a guy who wasn't given a thing. He didn't get anything by the white man. This guy earned, took, and fought for everything that he ever got. And now to watch his own community, people like T.I., Crap all over them and treat him as if he is Obama and he has done nothing for the black community for the last seven and a half years. Shameful. And then for people to say, and he used the N word in church. Somebody better go talk to Al Sharpton then, because there's a lot, a lot of video of Al Sharpton 
saying the N word <laughs> and doing a lot of unsavory things. It's amazing. So that's Don King. That's my Don King story. And as far as stop and frisk, it's amazing. It's amazing. And I know we're running out of time and I can't really get into uh, stop and frisk as much as I want because I spent a little too much time on discussing poor Don. But it's amazing to watch and listen to people talk about stop and frisk and the fact that Donald Trump said we need to bring back stop and frisk. We need to empower police departments to use stop and frisk. And it's amazing to watch the left talk about it being unconstitutional. And the fact that a federal judge ruled it unconstitutional. And because one federal judge in one said it was unconstitutional, somehow that's the law of the land. Somehow that's the law of the land. They forgot the Constitution. They forgot how our government works. The law of the land The law of the land is based off of what the Supreme Court says. And for the left to ignore this is quite comical, considering time after time after time when there is a ruling that they don't like. that a federal judge has ruled on immediately, immediately. We are told, hey, it has to work its way through the courts. Gay marriage Worked its way through the courts. Nobody, and I mean nobody, when a federal judge said, no, gay marriage, uh, you guys, it's no, no. The states, they can decide. You can not have gay marriage if you want. Nobody said, oh, okay. Well, that federal judge ruled in favor of outlawing gay marriage. Okay, that's it. Nobody did that. Worked its way up through the courts. Years after year after year. Until eventually... The Supreme Court ruled on it. So to say stop and frisk has already been ruled unconstitutional by a federal judge, so end of story, is absolutely wrong. 
And to say stop and frisk doesn't work is also wrong. And when you see CNN and other outlets put up graphs that go, look, between this time and this time, X amount of uh, black folk were stopped and frisks, and X amount of Latinos were stopped and frisks, and X amount, as far as a percentage, were put in jail. As long as there's a percentage, that means it worked. And it's a little disingenuous to point to, well, look at the percentage of African Americans. Look at the percentage of Latinos. Well, if you're doing stop and frisk in South Central or Chicago, the majority of the stop and frisk action is going to be black and Latino. I mean, why is that hard to understand? If you go to some rural area in West Virginia, if you go to coal miner town, where the wacky world of the wild, wild whites live, whatever the hell they're called, and the police there use stop and frisk, the majority of the stop and frisk are going to be White. What a concept. What a concept. What a concept. I'm from Rochester, New York. I lived in Penfield. The majority of people in Penfield are white. There's black people, but the majority is white. If uh, the Penfield police, if if Monroe County sheriffs did stop and frisk, the statistics would show the majority of stop and frisk being white. What a concept. And when people say, sure, If you want to put people in jail for having marijuana on them or small amounts of cocaine or crack or meth, that's a good way to lock people up. And then you're perpetuating a prison system that is completely overpopulated. With Americans. Well, so what you're saying is you can't do stop and frisk because you're going to put people in jail because the majority of the people are going to have illegal drugs and weapons on them. Aren't they (laughs) against the law? Listen, if you live in a state that doesn't have legalize marijuana and you have marijuana 
against the law. You can't then point to California and go, well, it's legal in California. Well, it's not legal in your state. It's not legal in your state. You can't say, well, if it's legal in California, it should be legal in Texas. So in turn, why are you stopping frisking me, finding an ounce of weed on me, and then putting me in jail? That's stupid. If I live in California, well, then go live in California. If you're growing weed in Texas and you get busted, you can't point to California and go, well, you could grow weed in California. So go live in California, stupid. I mean, to say doing stop and frisk will put more people in jail because they have drugs on them or they have weapons on them. So you're not. So they should just walk around with weapons. They should just walk around with drugs. I mean, it's insane. I mean, that's where we are now. Like I said before. Riots are acceptable. Terrorism is acceptable. And doing stop and frisk is not acceptable because you'll find drugs and weapons on people. And they'll then be sent to jail and it will ruin their lives. And I say, well, don't you think if their lives are not already ruined by weapons and drugs and what weapons and drugs involve. If their lives aren't already ruined, don't you think their lives will be ruined? You're not carrying weapons and living a good life unless those weapons are because you're a police officer or you're a law-abiding citizen who uses it for protection. But if you know, you're ripping and running through the streets with weapons and dope on you, I got to imagine your life's not exactly too good. Prison time will sober you up. I don't know. All right, it's the Rob Zakari Show. We're out of here, guys. We're going to see you tomorrow for, as my beautiful and talented and lovely girlfriend would say, Fun Friday. Don't forget, follow us at uh, Twitter, follow us at Facebook, follow us uh, on uh, Periscope, follow us everywhere. Go there, and I promise you will enjoy what we have to offer. It's RobZakariShow.com. We'll see you guys tomorrow. Later.